Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Jose Mourinho to my Jose Samedo. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. I will tell you this, Justin. I don't know if um, he told you this, but producer Finn made a cracking suggestion and that was Jose Mourinho to Birmingham. And I reckon, I reckon if they held off and appointed Tony Mowbray for a couple of weeks. They may have uh, they may have had a look at that. I'm not sure you would have fancied the trip down to the championship though. Yeah, I don't think that would have been the case. I think um I think Birmingham I mean it's a volatile club anyway. Um so getting a manager like Mourinho who likes to uh, create a bit oh, of drama, a bit no, of a showman. Justin, come come on. The Birmingham fans would be buzzing if that happened. Of course they would, of course they would, because they get a manager who's won how many Champions Leagues? Two? Three? I think it's two, isn't yeah. it? Well, he's won yeah. plenty of plenty of European trophies, uh, to say the very least. But I think, um, I mean, Birmingham obviously appointed a manager, but are there any other clubs you can think of who you might be a good fit at? Maybe, I mean, Watford's a, a good shout considering uh, their turnover of managers. Mm. I, I will obviously... Norwich. I did that. He probably will never drop down to a championship club because of his ego. But uh, it would be fascinating if, if it were to happen. Wanted. Do you reckon he would actually be a good appointment if he actually came down to a championship club? I don't think he would, <laughs> to be honest with you. No. I, I, I think um, I think the championship, I mean, you look at the majority of clubs now, they've got all the silky, forward-thinking, attacking managers and there are very few managers who like to be a little bit more pragmatic. So I'm not sure he wouldn't. Plus his, his, his history of spending money has helped his positions in, in football clubs a little bit and obviously championship you don't have that much leeway, so I don't think he no. would be a good appointment, sadly. Yeah, but it'd be box office, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be an eventful 100%. few months if he did come down to the Championship. Maybe one day, maybe one day he would. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, though. But welcome to the number one Championship podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, this is a midweek show, so we're going to be talking about some of the latest deals from the January transfer window. Plenty for us to get our teeth stuck into there but we're also going to be talking about a couple of other bits and pieces as well we're going to have another update on the situation at Reading so that's coming up soon and big news Justin big big news indeed Sunderland till I die is going to be back on our TV screen soon which we're very excited about I'm also going to pay tribute to Robert Snodgrass who has retired from football so that's all coming up in the show but we'll kick things off with a bit of contract news and it's Archie Gray who signed a new long-term deal at Leeds United. The 17-year-old has been linked with the likes of Liverpool in recent months, but has now agreed a new deal, although Leeds haven't said how long it is. Excellent news, though, Justin, isn't it? And this will probably be the biggest deal Leeds do this January, whoever comes in, because 
he is such a talent, isn't he? Yeah, an incredible talent, incredible. Uh, I mean, he only signed his first professional deal last year and now just 17 years old, he's become a, a regular for a team pushing for promotion. You need you need a good mentality to do that. Um, but then again, he is part of the, the grey dynasty at Leeds, isn't he? So he gets he gets the pressures, he gets the... Um, you know, he gets the expectation. He understands that he's lead through and through. But then again, it's you know it's a lot another caveat. But it's a lot of expect, expectation to live up to. But so far, he has delivered. He's been exceptional. He's, he's hit club records as well. He's got the most starts by a player before the age of eighteen, which is an incredible, um, incredible feat, especially for a club like Leeds, who are so good at producing their own um, and playing out of position as well at right back. Uh, he deserves he deserves a new deal. He deserves the credit and plaudits. And I just hope at some point, maybe he moves back into midfield so we see a little bit more of him and, he, and his true abilities. I like Grey Dynasty. That's very good. Sounds very um, Game of Thrones-ish. I've not what, heard that before. Grey Dynasty, Netflix documentary. For some reason, I want it narrated by... Um, oh, my God, I forgot his name now. The, the, uh, Finchie from um, The Office. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but that would, that, I mean, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. I was going to say, it feels like it needs a bit more of a, a, a David Attenborough type feel, just because... You know, it's, it's, this, this is going to be a deep dive into the Grey family history at Leeds and, and what we can expect for the future, future generations of Greys. Yeah, well, uh, I don't think it's being overdramatic to say he's the biggest young talent in the Football League, isn't he? He's possibly even the biggest young talent playing in this country right now. And that's why it's so huge that Leeds have tied him down. Only two Leeds players are featured in more league games than him this season. And... You don't get many 17-year-olds who get as much game time as him, first of all, and also look as comfortable as him playing at this level. Mm -hmm. And and the ones who do, if you look back over the championship over the past few years, the ones who are 17 or younger, who play as much as him, more often than not, end up becoming superstars. And I'm sure Archie Gray will do too. He's got the pedigree that we know, being the grandson of... Eddie Gray, um, but he has such composure and elegance that trick you into forgetting he is so young. So it's no wonder loads of big clubs are keeping an eye on him and it will be extremely interesting to see where he is in five years' time, maybe even two years' time, because I'd like to think he would still be at Leeds and, you know, continue that dynasty. But uh, I I think uh, Leeds will do well to hold on to him, particularly if they're not in the Premier League. Well, yeah, that's the key thing, isn't it? Is, is how they hold, how they hold on to these assets. They've they've lost them before. You look at the likes of, I mean, I'm going back years, maybe maybe too far actually, but when they came down from the Premier League back in '03, you know, the likes of Alan Smith, James Milner, um, players like that who have come through the academy um, and gone on to have very good careers. They've won trophies. They've been incredible. Um, not saying Archie Gray. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to level that sort of expectation at Archie Gray, but. Yeah, that's the sort of player, uh, calibre of player that regularly comes through at Leeds. They, they go on to have very good careers and I think Archie Gray is just a long line of, or, or one of those in a long line of that and obviously having the, that grey, the grey name to back him up I think really, really does, uh, really does help him as well. Did you see there's a brilliant photo, by the way, of Archie Gray as a mascot stood in front of Sam Byram and they're oh of God. course now teammates but it must make Byram feel... Really bloody old, even though he's only 30 himself. So the fact he's playing with a lad who was, you know, a mascot, stood in Mm. front of him. And I mean, Archie Gray, he doesn't look much older now than he does in that picture, really. It it, it just must make Byron feel ancient, mustn't it? 
well, I was going to say, but Sam Byron doesn't look that much older because he still looks about 23 as he well does, himself. Yeah. But the other thing is, Archie Gray's keeping, well, I wouldn't say keep him out of the team, but Sam Byron's natural position is, a, is as a right back. And I know he's played a lot of left back, but, you know, Archie Gray's made that position his own, which again is a bit of an irony there for, for him and uh, for him and Byron. Yeah, well, I mean, it says a lot about Gray, doesn't it? That he's kept out experienced players like Byron and Luke Ayling, who's now had to yeah. leave the club. Um, because he's been playing so well at right back. So, yeah, long may it continue, Gray being such a star. Um, let's talk transfers, Justin, and we'll begin with Bristol City, who have been properly wheeling and dealing this week, haven't they? They've signed Scott Twine on loan from Burnley for the rest of the season. The 24-year-old midfielder has been at Hull, but has been recalled from his spell there to go to Ashton Gates. There's been mixed reports over whether there's an option to buy and the club hasn't confirmed at this stage whether there is one or not. But a great signing for Bristol City, Justin. He's been doing well at Hull, hasn't he? He's been doing okay. I don't think he's been doing brilliantly well. Um, I, I think he's. I, I, think, I think that's harsh, Justin. I think. No. I think I, I, he's not been playing poorly. He's not been playing amazingly. I think he's been a bit better than good. I would say. Okay, I think he's been just below good. I think he's been fair to fair to good. If I was to put a spectrum spectrum on You've it, complimented him loads this season, though, he, Justin. I, I have I have praised him, um, and I, I think I, I th- it was a good signing for Hull when he when he signed. But I don't think we've seen quite what we've needed to. And obviously, uh, Hull have gone for you know quite an obvious upgrade in Fabio Carvalho, which is almost deemed Scott Twine, you know able to leave uh, the club, able to to go to Bristol City. And I think as well as that. Um, Whilst we've seen flashes of, of Twine, I don't think we've seen it consistently enough, which is the the, the big thing. But then again, he's he's it's not going to be a bad sign. It's not a bad signing for Bristol City because he's going to be playing back under Liam Manning. Um, and the last time they were together, Twine scored twenty and assisted thirteen for MK Dons in the season. They um, did they just miss out? They just missed out on automatics, didn't they? Um, so there's a manager who knows how to get the best out of him. He he knows the expectation of how um, he'll want to play under Manning. And of course, Bristol City are a side who need that extra attacking edge. So the onus is going to be on Twine to, to provide that. And I, and I think he can, I believe he can. Um, I think it's going to help him as well because I don't think Bristol City plays quite a slow possession-based football as Liam Rossini does, uh, does at Hull. Yeah, I, I think it is a really good move for Scott Twine. As you say, linking up with Liam Manning, I think is going to be really beneficial for him as a player because that's where we saw Scott Twine at his best, playing under Liam Manning. So that's going to be exciting. Um, I, I do disagree with you just now. I think he was playing very well at Hull um, but I think he's ultimately been cast aside because of the signing of Fabio Carvalho and when you look at that Hull team now you've got Jaden Villagine who's coming back from injury he'll be playing on the left wing and then Fabio Carvalho playing as the number 10 so Scott Twine doesn't really have a natural position there in the starting mm-hmm. 11 anymore and that's why it makes sense from a Burnley perspective to recall him from Hull and so he can actually get regular football elsewhere. So I think I think it's a move that works out for all parties. And it's an exciting one for Bristol City because we all know what he is capable of. And we have seen flashes of excellence with him at Hull. And, and his underlying data is pretty good as well at Hull, it is worth saying. So, yeah, it's definitely one that works out. And I, I think... Um, I think it could end up being a really smart bit of business for Bristol City because we were waxing lyrical, weren't we, Justin, when he initially went to Hull? Yeah, well, he he, he provides a lot, doesn't he? He provides such an attacking edge um, or a creative edge in the the final third. He's great at set pieces. So he's going to give Bristol City so many different dimensions to what they have now because I don't think they they currently have that. They've got good 
you know, attacking flair at, at times, but they need someone to come in and really grab the games, grab games by the scruff of the neck sometimes. And again, I think if, if Manning's, Manning's done a really good job in, in, in slowly introducing what he wants in this team. And I think Twine's going to help afford that a lot more, which is only going to get, for me, get more out of the, that Bristol City side. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, it's been a really good few days, hasn't it, for Bristol City, getting Scott Twine in through the door. Taylor Garden Hickman's loan to Bristol City from West Brom has now been made permanent. It was reported in the summer that they had a £1.2 million option to do so, which I mean seems like a bargain really, doesn't it, for a 22-year-old who's played as much as him. So that's really good. And of course, they got that fantastic win against uh, West Ham in the Cup as well. I mean, the scenes there. Oh, you love that, don't you? So, uh, yeah, good few days for Bristol City. But going from Bristol to the Black Country is Andy Vyman. He's joined West Brom on loan until the end of the season. He was club captain at Ashton Gates, but has only made nine starts in the league this season. What do you think of that, Justin? It feels like a very West Brom signing. It does at the moment, especially because they're so restricted. Um, it's an interesting one. He's, I mean, Vyman's best years are behind him, aren't they? Um, but what you will get out of him is a player who runs a lot and he can chip in with goals. I'm not going to wax lyrical over it. He's never been technically gifted and he just carry injuries. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, he's only made nine starts. So he's not been heavily involved in Bristol City this season. But like I said, he, he brings leadership. He brings experience. He brings energy. Energy. And he's going to give uh, Corbrand a lot of depth in the final third. It's also worth pointing out that Corbrand's really improved the likes of Brandon Thomas Asante. He got 15 goals out of Danny Ward at Huddersfield as well. And he's turned Cedric, Cedric Kipre into one of the best centre-backs in the division. He can turn water into wine. So what can he turn Vyman into? Uh, that's the key thing here. Yes, Um Water into wine. I'm not, I'm not sure Brandon Thomas Asante is exactly wine just yet. Got goals. He's a, scores goals. He, he's, he's in the period of... He's in the process of... He's fermenting. Becoming. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised to see Vyman's only 32 still. It feels like he's a good few years older than that. And you are right. His best years are behind him. I mean, two years ago, what was it? Was it two two years ago? Where he had that ridiculous season with Twitter City. Yeah. Where he, yeah, he just scored... A ridiculous number of goals and I'm not sure we'll see that again at West Brom but look West Brom are quite short on attacking options at the moment aren't they mainly because of players going to AFCON and injuries and what have you so Vyman coming in I think adds depth I'm not sure he's going to be starting every single week but he works hard he's a very Carlos Corbran player so yeah I think it's a decent move but I don't think it's one that's going to particularly you know, pull up many trees, but it certainly helps in the long term. I'll say that for sure. Uh, Southampton, they've brought in Joe Rothwell on loan from Bournemouth. We mentioned this on Sunday. It's now been made official. Justin, what are your thoughts on this one? I do like this one. Will he be an automatic starter? Probably not. But it just feels like one of those signings who whose impacts are probably going to be fleeting, but he's going to contribute massively to to what Southampton's goals are this season, which are most likely promotion, obviously. Uh, he's a player who likes to make runs from deep, and I think Southampton need that, especially with a side of play. They like to get, get, to get, the, like, get the ball to the byline, they like to cut things back, um, and they play in around the opposition area. And having a player like Rothwell who can getting around the box he can make link-ups with it with forwards um you know he can create he can score and i think 
he's got an opportunity now to, to, to prove himself because his Premier League move at Bournemouth just simply hasn't worked out. I think if injuries as well hadn't hampered his time at Blackburn, he probably would have made a step up to the Premier League sooner. But his last championship season, he got 10 assists and three goals. So there's certainly quality there. And as I say, not an automatic start, starter, but he's going to definitely contribute. Yeah, I, I think he's another one who just adds depth, depth really, doesn't he? I, I know Southampton fans are craving a right winger and I, I'd be surprised if Rothwell is that man, although he has played there before. Is he a massive upgrade on Stuart Armstrong, Will Smallbone, Jared Rebo? No, I mean, I think Armstrong's a much better player for a start and maybe Smallbone and Arebo are too, and Alcaraz for that matter. So, yeah, I think he's just a depth option, really. And, you know, he can play on either wing, which is helpful too. But I, I am the same as you, Justin. I don't think he's going to play too much, particularly. Although... Just quickly before we move on from that, he was fantastic for Blackburn, Monty. Yeah. When um, yeah. Rennie left for Bournemouth that season before, he, he was fantastic. That's why I think he's got a points proof because he got 10 assists that season, got his big move to the Premier League, it's not worked out. So he's got to go in and, and really showcase what he's what he's capable of. And there is a good technical player there. He's going to add quality to that Southampton squad. It's what they need. He's got experience as well. Um, so he ticks a lot of boxes, but he's he's got he's got to prove a point to himself probably and as well to to some doubters who, who, who might be lurking in the background of uh, uh, I don't know what the region is around Southampton Solent fucking Hampshire your geography is your geography is appalling isn't it you said Berkshire when we were talking about Reading at the weekend and yeah, I still Berkshire. haven't forgiven you for that what about it listen listen I don't need to know geography I just need to know where the grounds are Google Maps tells me how to get there and that's all I need to know awful absolutely awful and carrying on from the theme of me just being bamboozled by how old players are Joe Rothwell's 29 yeah. I would have not put him and Andy Vyman three years apart in terms of age. I'll tell you that much for sure. And the final bit of transfer news, Justin Watford midfielder Imran Lauser has left to go on loan to Lorient in France. Oh, a, a player who's undoubtedly very talented, Justin, but has been pretty poor this season when he has played, whether that's down to a lack of motivation, injury or something else, I don't know. But it's probably for the best this one, isn't it? Yeah, he's, fell, he's fallen foul of uh, some strict rules set by Valerie Ishmael. I know there's been... Aspects of poor timekeeping, I can sympathise. It's quite easy to lose track of time and be late. But if you're you know, repeatedly doing it... <laughs> you're the expert on that. <laughs> I am the expert. But if you're repeatedly doing it and not apologising, I don't know if Laos has apologised to Valerian Ishmael or not, but if you're, you're doing it and, you, yeah, and, it's not, um, and you're not sorting out, then you're going to fall in the manager's bad books. He missed out on Morocco's AFCON squad as well, which yeah, probably not, um, probably not helped his own sort of mindset. Some strange social media posts over Christmas as well. It's probably right to remove a bad apple before it spoils the bunch, as they say. Yes, good from you, Justin. I like that simile. Right, let's have a break. After that, we'll talk about... What's this? A new series of Sunderland Till I Die. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. Yes, we will be having a chat about Sunderland Till I Die's return very shortly. But I, I thought we would have a quick update on the situation at Reading. Once again, um, we'll acknowledge that we're a championship podcast and Reading are, of course, a answer championship side anymore. So it's not something we're going to be you know, covering endlessly. But I think it's worth you know, giving a mention for Justin because I think the plight needs as much coverage as it can possibly get. And... Even more so after the EFL has now released a statement following the weekend's pitch invasion. It says it has in recent months become increasingly clear that club owner Dai Young is no longer in a position or does not have the motivation to support the club financially, as he did following the change of control in 2017. The league will now consider all available options it has under the regulations and will have no hesitation in bringing further charges against Mr Dai. In the meantime, and for the sake of the future of Reading FC, its staff, supporters and local community, we urge Mr. D- Mr. Dye either to fund the club adequately or to make immediate arrangements to sell his majority shareholding to appropriate new owners so everyone can move forward with renewed optimism. What have you made of that statement, Justin? It's what you expect. It just basically suggests that the EFL... I mean, the right to come out and acknowledge it, but... Um, uh, I mean, you can allow things to stew in public and they're obviously trying to get ahead of it. Uh, but everyone, probably what everyone needs to realise is the EFL are essentially powerless um, because of football clubs having the authority to hurt themselves. Um, all the EFL can do is facilitate post restrictions and, and hope a buyer comes in and hope the club are, are working there, um, working behind the scenes to get, to get a buyer in. Um, I think the, the most frustrating thing is obviously the rating CEO, Dion. Pang has come out and sort of criticised the supporters of the pitch invasion when actually in my opinion um, it's made it a global story I've seen outlets in in the US uh, everywhere really covering it um, may, and it's may probably I say, done Justin, more may I say maybe the CEO doesn't want it to be a global story well, well, exactly. He doesn't want this because it's obviously shining a light on them uh, and putting them under pressure. But it, that pitch invasion has probably done more to attract potential buyers than the owners and the CEO have themselves. So. Um, it's it's rightly put the club in the spotlight. It's rightly put the the current owner and the CEO under a little bit of pressure. Uh, and obviously the AFL hopefully are trying to ramp that pressure up as well. But Dai Young hasn't answered anything from them so far. So I don't expect him to. And, and the AFL can't really do much else. Yeah. And the AFL not being able to do much else is, you know, unfortunately the state of play. And it's something that I think a lot of fans, including me to a certain extent, don't particularly appreciate that the the EFL probably are doing all they can but they just legally are pretty pretty bound at the moment in what they can do I hope that in the long term the EFL will look at this situation and move to make legislation which means that this kind of thing won't happen again um, but clubs have got to vote for it clubs have got to well, agree that, to that's, it that's unfortunately the issue it's, it's, it's a lot easier said than done isn't it so um, whether clubs actually do vote for that, I'm, I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something that I hope 
we won't see again and we can learn from this but in the meantime Reading are you know just trying to survive as they can and the AFL are trying to jiffy on Mr. Dai Young into actually doing something but whether that actually happens or not because as I said as I said at the weekend um, the Sell uh, sell Before We Die group um, they said in a statement that they fear that Dai Young doesn't actually want to sell the club instead he wants to just essentially run it down so he can um, so he can avoid paying off a debt or something mm-hmm. along those lines I might be paraphrasing there but that that's essentially what they've said and if that's the case then what's to stop Reading essentially probably dropping down into non-league and yeah. eventually going into the abyss and, and once again it's important to cover this story because it can happen to any championship club it's happened to championship clubs um, so it's important to keep shining a light on this so fans understand a little bit more as to what Reading's plight can, can mean for their club and why it's important to have governance over the AFL over football in, 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 in the UK because we keep saying it, it can't do it itself. We're seeing it, we're seeing the, the patterns forming that you know, football clubs cannot govern themselves. It's as simple as that. Yeah, well, that's where the regulator will hopefully come in and make a change. But, you know, I think some people are still a bit sceptical about, about, the, about the regulator as well, which I think is also understandable. But, you know, only time will tell. And I think... Whatever happens with the running situation, we have got to learn for this. That's the bottom line for me. Now, big news, Justin. Exciting news, brilliant news, and exactly the kind of news we need on the same week as Blue Monday. Sunderland Till I Die is back next month. After a four-year hiatus, Series 3 will be on Netflix on February the 13th. My birthday, no less. What a birthday treat that is. And this is great news, Justin. I was was so happy when I saw this news. More so happy because uh, you know exactly one of the storylines is the Alex Neal one that's going to pop out. But sort of until I die. Well, Justin, Justin, I've got bad news on that front. So I've discovered details about what uh, this series is going to be about. And it's going to be about the, uh, well, first of all, it's going to be three episodes, which I think is an important point, which is fewer than the previous two series. Um, But it's actually going to be focusing on Sunderland's promotion back to the championship under Alex Neal via the League One playoff final. Now, I thought I remembered reading that the cameras were at the training ground on the day that Mm. Alex Neal unexpectedly left to go to Stoke. So I'm, hoping that features otherwise I'm going to be very disappointed and I imagine you're the same too a little bit yes but nonetheless it's TV gold it is genuine TV gold we've been treated to so many memes and references as a result of it and there's no way even with success that's going to stop um, and it's, yeah, it's not a slight to Sunderland uh, they have been very sensible over the last sort of 18 months but we've got mm. to bear in mind that there's still things going, that are going to slip through um, I think the only sad thing is they're, they're not char- there's no characters in it there's no Charlie Method. Yeah. there's no Stuart Donald it's a, it's a lot more entertaining when the club's an absolute circus isn't it yes, so exactly. hopefully hopefully we, we do have a bit of a comedy in this one as well yeah if someone gets called a prick that's all. I'm fine with it. <laughs> just, just someone call Alex Neil a prick, and that's fine. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can go back in time and make that happen. Um, just gonna, do, you, do you want to play a little game? I don't mind it. Okay. So, I'm going to give you three moments from Sunderland till I die. I want you to rank them 
on which is the three best moments. I think these are undeniably the, the three golden moments from okay. the whole series as a whole. Was it interested to see what you think? I just punched my mic because I'm so excited. Um, so the first option is Chris Coleman letting people know he's not a prick because he's got kids, um, which is when he was arguing with a fan outside of the ground. Um, option number two is Charlie Meffin wanting to change the music um, from the Apprentice music to some like Ibiza dance Balearic anthems, music. I seem to yeah. recall. Um, and <laughs> just being purely out of the office kind of stuff. And the final option is, um, why am I looking at Ibrahimovic at the bottom of this list, which is from a <laughs> Sunderland's um, scouting team trying to find a striker? If you had to rank those three moments, which one would you say is uh, top and which one would you say is bottom? Just before it's worth pointing out that Stuart Donald slapping a multi-million pound deal on Will Grigg while eating pizza uh, is also a favourite <laughs> moment of mine um, on transfer deadline day. But I'm going to go with Chris Coleman um, explaining that he's not a prick because he's got six kids as top. <laughs> I'm going to go with Charlie Methan um, changing the, I think it's the... Um, I've forgotten the the Apprentice soundtrack. I can't remember the actual yes. song yes, name. Yes. Changing that to Balearic anthems, as he, I think it was coined on the subtitles, actually. Uh, and then I'm going to go with um, why am I looking at Ibrahimovic, the Sunderland recruitment team, getting their yeah wise cross, maybe. That's interesting. I would go for the exact opposite. I think. Really. I think. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I think Chris Coleman letting the fans know he's not a prick because he's got kids is. Six kids. Extremely funny. Um, but, you know, th- that could happen at any club. Maybe not the I'm a, I'm not a prick because I got kids because that's still <laughs> such a weird explanation to this day. Um, the Charlie Meffin one, I think, is the second best because it's so awkward, so painfully awkward. However, I think the thing that maybe lets it down is I think some clever editing has played a part in that to maybe make it a bit yeah. more awkward the response from i think one of the marketing team to say well we can't there's no point playing all this if your sound system shit yeah and then it just cuts to a silent room disappointingly <laughs> turning off the dance music excellent stuff but i think the ibrahimovic one for me is the best one because that is the sign of a club just being an absolute circus behind the scenes which let's be honest sunderland were at the time and you know, them being desperate to find a striker and the scouting team genuinely putting Zlatan Ibrahimovic on that list. That must have been a joke. so funny. That must have been a joke. Who was the who was the CEO? Was it Tony something? I can't remember his name now. Martin Bain. Martin Bain Martin was the Bain, CEO. Yeah. Him using the cryogenic chamber as well for his back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know what this is, um, Sunderland got a, a big cryogenic chamber, which cost thousands of pounds to install at the training ground. And the only person who had used it in a year was the CEO, Martin Bain. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, it's it's just it's, it's genuine TV gold, and, and I know that the club isn't a circus and wasn't a circus, but you are going to get moments like that. Um, I, I would I'll agree with your reasoning on the on the ranking as well, but there's no point ranking it because moments from that documentary series were just incredible. Yeah, all the way through. Yeah. There's a reason why so many have tried to imitate it since, but none and they have come close. The prime the prime series just are nowhere near no. it either, are they? Wrexham till I die. It's top tier. It's got nothing on it. Is it Wrexham till I die? No, it's welcome to Wrexham, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's got nothing on Sunderland till I die. Um so I'm looking forward to that. Uh Robert Snodgrass, Justin, 
and he's retired from football. He made 158 appearances at championship level for Leeds, Hull, Villa and Luton. I think West Brom as well. I don't know why, why I haven't written them down. But uh, yeah, what a player, Justin. Yeah, uh, I was looking into him a little bit more, but he scored 31 goals and uh, created 43. 74 goal contributions in 158 championship games. It's just astounding, really. That level of consistency yeah. and, and quality is, is very rare to get. And I mean, he was he was a big money signing, but yeah, wonderful left foot. Pretty much had the name of a character in Harry Potter. All the wizarding references <laughs> you need in, uh, in, in one there. What a player. Yeah, 158 appearances at championship level. I thought he would have had more than that, but I suppose he, he was in the Premier League for a long time, wasn't he? I think that's what makes his goal record and assist record even more astounding and so consistent that even if he did dip into the championship, he was still delivering. It's ridiculous, mm. really. And you're right, what, 158 appearances is about uh, four four seasons, four, four and a bit seasons or so. So, yeah, to, to deliver that consistency over pretty much four seasons is yeah ridiculous what a player yeah yeah he got in in the 11 12 season with Leeds he got 13 goals and 15 assists that's pretty good going isn't it yeah. and I think Leeds got him they just plucked him out of uh, I can't remember the club but uh, a random lower league club in Scotland so that goes to show that while Leeds were a bit of a circus in the early 2010s they did have some they, they did make some bloody good signings as we were saying with mm -hmm. Luke Ayling at uh, yeah. uh, the other day as well so I mean Snodgrass is one of the best signings they've probably made in that time of course it didn't lead to much success for the club in, as a whole but in terms of picking out a talent and what he's gone, to, gone on to accomplish since is pretty astonishing and what a free kick taker that, that one yeah. you know when you think of wonderful left foot he, he's one of those who perfectly fits the bill isn't he the thing is, it wasn't particularly quick either. Um, I wouldn't say it was particularly skillful. So as wide players go, it was, it was just all about delivery and it's probably doing a little bit of an injustice, but it's quality of ball, it's quality of uh, pass. And I mean, the teams he played for within that Villa team under Steve Bruce, they weren't you know, particularly pulling up trees. I know who were dancing with promotion, but they weren't, uh, again, a majestic forward, majestic forward-thinking side. Um, they got, so they got yeah, just with the Snodgrass. Oh, did yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what, what I'm saying is, um, he's he's never played for those really you know, attacking teams. When you think about attacking teams, just trying to justify his goal and assist record, he's never played for you know a Fulham of what, 1920 season or Leeds or Bielsa, for example. Just just throw teams out there who like to get forward. Um, I think that just just you know throws weight to how how incredible his his record was at uh, Championship level. He has got a very good left foot. I could, I could say that much for sure. Uh, and we'll finish off with this, Justin. Have you seen that uh, former Fulham winger Abubakar Kamara has gone viral? Of course, former championship winger, we should point out as well. He's uh, representing Mauritania at the African Cup of Nations. And on the starting 11 tweets, that which was put out this week, he was listed down as AK-47, which loads of people online thought was extremely funny. But I was looking at this thinking... This is old news, isn't it? He's had that nickname for ages, even when he was playing regularly in the championship. Yeah, maybe it's just the supporters in this country probably forgotten about it because it is such an unhinged nickname. It's it's crap as well, isn't it? Um, let's be I'm honest. I mean, I'm going to for name myself after a weapon. <laughs> Yeah, but what's worse about it is this is one for the historians. Um, he's named after a weapon that was cheap and wildly inaccurate, pretty much like his career in England, really. <laughs> he yes. didn't exactly set trees alight, did he? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an unhinged nickname, and I'm, I'm surprised he's still carrying it. 
because he's not got the ego to back it up. I'm being really critical of him, mainly because he took a penalty off uh, Alexander Mitrovic in the penalty and pissed yeah. everybody off. And that and that angered me. It still angers me now. I'm not even a Fulham fan. I remember that. Yeah. And he, uh, he I think I'm right in saying he had a bit of a scrap, a bit of a to-do with yeah. Mitrovic in, in the yoga room or something like that yeah, when exactly. he was at yeah, Fulham. Yeah, it was the yoga room. Why would you pick on Alexander Mitrovic of all people? He, he's insane. <laughs> your, best, your best player and he's hard as nails. <laughs> Well, if your name's AK-47, you can do what you want, can't you? Well, you can try to, but you're right, Justin. He he was uh, very inaccurate as a, as a footballer as well, wasn't he? I was just looking where he is now. He's at Al Jazeera, uh, apparently. But um, he's still only 28, which surprised me because I what? thought he was... Yeah. <laughs> this has been the theme of the show, isn't it? It was just being surprised by ages. But I was amazed to see he's only uh, 28 still. But yeah, he's... Uh, I'm j- I was just taken aback by how many people were like, <laughs> look at his name. It's like... Yeah, it, it has been that for like five or ten years, lads. Come on, keep yeah. up. Maybe we're too on it, Justin. Maybe, maybe this is something that we've got to keep in mind, that other people aren't as on it as we are. Yeah, we are We are fast to it. We're quick. We are We are ahead of the game. We are Unlike Abubakar Kamara is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. we're, not wild, we're not wild and inaccurate, and we're not going to name ourselves after a weapon. What a weapon. Um, there we go, weapons. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> there we go ladies and gentlemen this has been the second tier podcast and this has been our midweek show and we'll be back again tomorrow for our preview show with SPK where we'll be making our predictions for the weekend in the championship so we bloody look forward to seeing you then as always if you won't mind giving us a five star review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on we would greatly appreciate it, it helps us go a long way to getting bigger as a podcast uh, so yeah, we would really appreciate it if you took five seconds of your time to do that. Uh, Justin, I'm off to Cyprus. So that's where I'm going to be recording uh, the preview show with SBK tomorrow. Um, so are you are you fine with that? Are you all right with me going on a Premier League style winter break? Premier League style winter break in the middle of a championship season. God, we know where your priorities are, don't we? Uh, on holiday and I'm still recording a podcast. I think that says a lot about my priorities, doesn't it? No, no, I wouldn't say so. No, I, I think you should uh, be doing it in the cold comfort of your your current setting and scruffing it out with me over in the UK. You know what? I think more right. We'll leave that there. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach, and a big thank you for listening. Second Tier is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.